0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Dupone.
1: This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 86 of the Curtain Call Theatre Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are are going on, to meet the people that make theatre happen. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcast streaming services. And if you have a spare 30 seconds, please rate and review the podcast to help us be more discoverable to listeners who haven't heard about us yet. And now for this week's podcast... Matt and I bumped into our uh, our next guest at the National Theatre last week, you know, as we do in our business, and um, and our guest told us what he was up to with his theater company. And Matt and I were both just blown away with what we were hearing. So we thought we'd bring you a chat with him instead of us just telling you all about it. Alex Hassel is a veteran of the London stage, and curtain call have covered. Uh, two shows with him in the shape of Henry V at the Barbican and Death of a Salesman at the Noel Coward Theater, which you can find in our book, Curtain Call, A Year Backstage in London Theater. little plug there. Uh, But before that, Alex's career and the people he's worked with um, is like a who's who of the industry, including directors John Dove, Tim Carroll, and Gregory Doran, and um, onstage talent such as Dame Harry Walter, Anthony Scher, and Mark Rylance, no less. Uh, But there's there's a project that Alex has been involved with for the last 10 years, and one that he is intensely proud of, as uh, you'll be able to hear when you're listening to him. The Factory is a theater company like no other. No sets, no props, no blocking, no set cast, no auditions, um, open rehearsals that the public can come to. Um, you name the theatrical convention, and they are tearing it down. And they are about to start a run of Macbeth, where the audience gets to play the witches, that's right. You can get involved. They encourage you to visit their website, download the relevant pages. You can actually pick your lines. Uh, they will issue lines as well. I mean, you could just you get to participate in the play. But you got to learn your lines. You got to know your cues. Learn your lines. Uh, listen, I could go on and on about how crazy, inspiring, and genuinely unique the factory is. But I'm just going to let you know by listening to this how alex and friends came to create the factory and how you can see them later next month at the crouch End festival and just to warn you this episode has some swearing we don't often do it but um we let it slide this time so if you're in an office or if you have children or you have children in an office you know what to do have a listen Castle, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for inviting me. in. <laughs> <laughs> it's great on moving day for you. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, just uh, why I'm here is because you know we we kind of ran into each other and you started talking about the factory and mm-hmm. what you guys are up to and it's just fascinating. I knew nothing about mm-hmm. it other than I knew the name and I knew that you you and some of your colleagues were kind of doing something that was quite unique. And when we started talking about it this week. I just thought, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to let people know about it. It's, it's insane what you, you guys are doing. And, um, I mean, before we get there though, let's just back it up. We yeah. met you a couple of times, you know, when we were doing our book, uh, we saw you in Henry V. Yeah. And, death of the salesman. Death of a salesman. And Henry
0: Fours as well? We no, him? I don't I think, think we did, did the Henry, Henry, Henry Fours, but,
1: <clears throat> so, uh, and that's kind of when we found out a little bit on the radar, what you're doing. But, um, you know how, how like we could do an origin story if you want. Let's man. go, for it. Let's go. Come on, yeah. <laughs> let's go. We well, you don't know. No, we've just been moaning about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've just been moaning about how we'll, we haven't. We'll get,
0: mo- <laughs> we'll get to the moaning. We get to moaning in a little while. Yeah, but okay. Let's talk about the glory days, the like, dreamy origin yeah. beginnings, of all. Yeah, um, it's a kind of quite a a sort of. An amusing and sort of twee story, but basically, when I had no idea I wanted to be an actor at all, I was 12. I mean, yeah. who does know really what they want to do then? I was living in Essex, which is where I grew up, and I went to see, I don't really know why, went to see in this tiny theatre called the Crampon Theatre a musical called the rock nativity which is by the people that wrote the theme tune to neighbors so (laughs) it must have been good i have subsequently (laughs) in fact i am on the recording a cd recording singing of the rock nativity from a weird like um i don't know how i ended up doing that but anyway went to see that yeah and uh just sort of instantly went oh my god oh my god I want to be in, <laughs> <biblical> <laughs> in rock, yeah, <laughs> the rock no, nativity too. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the thing, I think it was sort of elementally as simple as there being two groups of people in a room, mm. one group looking at another group. Mm. And I thought, I want to be in the group being looked at. Yeah. Um, so then I sort of looked in the local paper for what was like a group that was doing stuff and there was auditions for Bugsy Malone which was like my favourite film at the time and I auditioned and got the part of Bugsy Malone I was like right well (laughs) I'm going to nail this (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) it I've made it Um, and had an amazing time doing that and I remember actually one really sort of informative moment is that Blousey in one of the scenes was late for costume like costume malfunction or whatever and I improvised by myself on stage and sure. I like, got a laugh and I that was like, oh right, I, this is really, I feel powerful in some way. Uh, and then actually to get onto the moaning, the next thing that <laughs> the company did was Oliver and yeah. I was like, well, I just played Bugsy. I'm going in as like the Apple yeah. Roger or Oliver or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I sang the Where Is Love uh, Song in the audition, and they laughed at me because they thought my singing was so bad. <laughs> and I went in the car with my mum and cried my eyes out. And I didn't get either of those parts. Um, yeah, there you go. Which is there, yeah. That's, that's it. The business, that's that you're gonna learn no, right it. at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so oh, that's man. how it started.
1: Yeah. I, been, I was in an audition for was it Smoky Joe's Cafe or something like that? They had. No? I mean, it was mm-hmm. just like the one white guy in the show, and um, <laughs> and uh, and I was singing Ruby. Uh, man, how I want you to that. And I was just like, yeah, I'm doing alright here. I was just come off of doing like Elvis the Musical, d- you know, doing Buddy, and kind right, of, so right, I was like, right. oh, you know, I'm in the rock and roll musical. And so they had me sing this song a couple times, and then they kind of went, John, can you, could you be, and they couldn't have been, I just went, what, better? Possibly, possibly I can't. <laughs> yeah. Just they, when they all laughed, I thought, "Yeah, that's what they wanted me yeah. to be. To be. It was better." Oh, oh, no. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the last time I auditioned for a rock and roll musical. Oh man, well oh. the rock activity will come around again you. There you, you go. Think. Okay, cool. Let's get it on the factories next. Exactly. Exactly. So you went to obviously, or or obviously, did you go to drama school? Did you? Yeah, go So to from the then, basically
0: route? in Essex, all there was were musicals. So I did. Done, tons of dance lessons ballet, tap and jazz nice. and singing lessons and I did actually end up singing rather well in the long uh, over time um, I did like tons of musicals and then started to go into London when I was about 16 to the junior Guild Hall um, and started to get into Shakespeare which was a massive mm-hmm. thing for me and then at school in the sixth form we directed Hamlet co-directed Hamlet and I was Hamlet and that was again a sort of massive awakening I suppose artistically to feel that I had some, I felt I had some understanding of what I was saying, which seemed, again, made me well, feel like powerful and that something yeah. was sort of moving through me in a way. It's very good to get that at a young age. Like yeah. To feel the power of those words. Yeah. Um, although I remember my dad came to see it and uh, gave me a note, which was I was just shouting too much. And, uh, which was a really good note, yeah, especially yeah. in Shakespeare. <laughs> um, so I took that on board. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, so then I considered dance school and all that, but really I wanted to be a, I don't know, a straight actor, classic actor, I don't know, you know, a non-musical actor. Mm -hmm. So, auditioned for three drama schools, didn't get into any of them except Central and went to Central, which I was very happy about, and um, had a really, really, really good time there, and had a fantastically talented year, Um, and we just got, you know, you get to act all the time, and people are better than you, um, whereas... A lot of the time, I think, when you start out, you're kind of the best in your local group, although the local (laughs) group is really good, actually. Um, And to have people be like, oh, man, I'm not as good as that. I need to work much harder. But that that just makes you want to get... Because that's what
1: happens when you get on set, you get on stage, is that it it raises your game. It makes you want to be better.
0: I mean, that's the thing. It makes you nervous to work with people that are much better than you. But it makes you better. Of course it does. Mm. Um, Yeah, for me... The existence of Marlon Brando will always make me try and be better. For me, he's the god of acting. And un- until I am as good as he is, uh, <laughs> keep, keep I, will, I will work yeah. very, very, very hard. Yeah, um, Great. <laughs> I must put someone like that. <laughs> so
1: then you kind of, you, you know, you just... Uh, Started working straight out of drama school. You kind of, did you kind of go? Well, did, did the musicals go by the wayside? Did you do? Or well, did no. I any...
0: say I joined the National Youth Music Theatre one just before drama school, right. and, and with like Sheridan Smith and Mike Gibson and Gina Beck. are now, like big West Endy well, yeah, stars, Johnny and uh, Olivia. I was singing with them, like as in I was one of the main parts. Really? as Well, um, you could just say that you were the inspiration for. Basically, I yeah, taught them everything they know. Yeah, for no, King, but they were clearly much better than me. But I, I, again, I had a brilliant time and all that Um, so I actually continued to do that just out of drama school and I think in the third year we did Sweeney Todd and Mm. I sang in that as well but I and I would do I would be up for although I have less confidence in my voice because I got a bit bullied at the NYT actually NYMT by one particular actor and sort of lost my confidence in my voice a bit, but I do like singing a lot, and would be interested in doing like an acting <coughs> musical, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, you've got your guitar, and you—I can't play mm-hmm. the guitar. It's just there. Oh, is it? I—I I, like when I was about don't to... tell me like it was came with the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was about sixteen, I was like, "Right, oh, I'm going to learn the guitar," yeah. and I can't like throw a guitar away, so yeah. um, it's just there, making it look like I play guitar. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I sort of. I really want to... I thrive... I like finding parts too difficult. Mm. And I think there's lots of musicals that are, have extremely complex parts. Yeah. But the bit that I would find really difficult would be the singing. And that, I, it's more... I like to see a part and go, God, I don't understand what the hell is going on emotionally and sort of psychologically. And I'm not sure I'm good enough to do that. That's mm. what sort of turns me on. So I think that's why big, juicy, complex... The theatrical, yeah. you know, roles rather than musical roles. Well, things why like, at like at Henry, 20? yeah, sure, or and Biff? Biff, yeah, no, you absolutely, know, it's, no. It's, I've been very lucky. And and Biff with is it. like, yeah, I mean,
1: Biff is such a complex. I mean, I, I think he's one of, it's one of those roles. You, everyone talks about Willie, you know, but Biff is this the guy whole of family. Keep, I mean, you know, the
0: whole family are incredibly complex. For there to be no discrepancy in their mind, for the for. for to be able to exist at exactly the same time, mm-hmm. one thing, and it's complete opposite, and there'd be no sort of difficulty in them, in that, you know, the a lie and a truth being having as much valid, you know validity in yeah, their minds of is course. the sort well, of core of it. I mean, look at the state of affairs
1: in the world today. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah yes, good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you've done, you know, moving forward, you've done theatre, film, you know, you you, you kind of... You've, been, you've had a really good crack at it. Well, at once, that's you know? very
0: interesting, and I appreciate that from an outside point of view, and might look like that. It's interesting, isn't it? Yes, I have done loads of really varied work, and when I think about it, I'm very grateful and very proud. But I think it's difficult, for me anyway, I'm always... And it's not like I write those things off. I am very proud of a lot of the work I've done, and very much enjoyed it, but I'm always going like, yeah, but I want to go over there. Mm. I want to do, or I want to do more of that. And but yeah, I had done lots of varied stuff. Um, I've more recently got into more complicated roles in TV and film, and yeah. that's been really exciting because I know much less about that. I feel, you know, I've done been in theatre since I was twelve, and I have a theatre company, and I've directed and do direct in theatre. And I guess I felt from a very early age some innate understanding in my bones mm. of something about theatre, anyway. Mm. Um, Obviously, there's always lots to learn, but to some degree, I think I'm a theatre beast. Yeah. But I've always really, really loved films and TV as yeah. well. I don't go to the theatre <laughs> ever. <I laughs> we never watch... Well, them, it's but... like a holiday, isn't it? I <laughs> never go to the theatre, but I, we watch films all the time, yeah. you know, and yeah. I, I'd like to direct films and I'd like to write, and <clears throat> but I know less, much less about it. And in fact, in terms of acting, I've really, through my work and through The Factory and working with Tim Carroll and Mark Ryan at The Globe and all that... Yeah. Well, that was a real awakening of what I wanted my acting to be. I have worked very hard on being very live and responsive and very much with, you know, you uh, impulsively and alively make up what's happening depending on what the other people around you are sure. doing, you know. Sure. And it's been very interesting to get onto a set of, you know, TV and film and go, like, oh, right, I can't even see you. Yeah. And, like, you're just a... a taped cross on the side of the camera so what do I do now how do I what's the task you know so that's been really enjoyed having to learn all of that stuff you know Um. been reading loads about it and watching uh, like actually studying people's performances Mm -hmm. I've been like watching films and writing notes about what they're technically doing and trying to understand that and that's been a real pleasure I just read that really brilliant Um. is it The Secrets of Screen Acting I think is that what it's called Uh, it's really really useful really interesting and Michael Caine's book, which is hilarious, but also does have interesting stuff in it. Um, but yeah, to go back to a sort of varied, yeah. varied. Career, it's interesting. Yeah, I feel the factory has been such a. So that's like eleven years now. We've been doing it, and it's. I waver. I have wavered over lots of that time. It's like oh, I can't sustain it. It's too difficult mm. with an industry, and also like it, it's a lot of responsibility. And you know, I don't really want to be really successful. Yeah. You know, in the industry and yeah. stuff. But then to have. Something that is purely artistic and really my taste, you know. It's I'm the artistic director yeah. of it, and we it's very um, we all everyone pitches in, it's you know, as sort of democratic as it gets, I yeah. guess, other yeah. than that. I'm totally in charge. <laughs> um, it's good, <but>, well, listen, <laughs> let me take you back because,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> and I mean, you mentioned it like okay, you went and saw
1: rock yeah <laughs> you, you became very proactive now it sounds to me like you, you're somebody who just likes to get things done like you want to be busy you have to have your hand in, I mean yeah. it seems to me like you've I'm not very good at waiting exactly so give me things so you started a company called The Factory as you say 11 years ago um, and you know what? what was it that made you start I mean first of all what is what is the factory and what made you kind of come up with it or start it and, and, yeah. and, and, and enroll your friends
0: and colleagues and workmen mm. and professionals? That... Well, uh, so a guy in my year, uh, Central Tim Evans, we were really really good friends, and he I think I had a business. He was living with his mum and dad, I think, in Hereford, and I had a business idea, and I was like, "Why don't you come live with me in London and we'll try and do this business idea that involved acting and stuff." Anyway. And he had a theatre company, he'd just done a one-man show that was really, really brilliant. Uh, so anyway, he came and we chatted and he was like, well, why don't you be part of my theatre company? And I was like, well, if we're going to do a theatre company, I'm not being part of your theatre company. <laughs> so like, you know, we're going to... are going to be part of mine. Gonna, well, no, but we'll... we'll uh, <laughs> yeah. We were equal, you know, we yeah, were both sure. the artist Um so, so we talked for like six months mm-hmm. about what, why have a theatre company, does the world need another theatre company, what do we want to do? And... We were both kind of angry at the time. You know, he hadn't... I had just done... Yeah, The Tempest, The, the Globe, which was Mark's last season mm-hmm. that Tim Carroll directed and it was just three of us. Me, Ed Hogg and Mark Rylance played all the parts and there were three dancers and six singers. And that was just one of the most profoundly amazing yeah. eye-opening, like, paradigm-shifting experiences for me. And Tim and Mark just blew my mind. And Tim Carroll's work, in particular, how he thinks about acting and theatre—I just desperately wanted more of it. Anyway, so and yeah, so I had I had been doing work and was uh, really excited, but then you know came out of that and then didn't work. And I was like, I want to keep that level of challenge and that level of you know. So basically, we just talked about what we didn't like about the theatre, what upset us, what made us angry, the fact we felt shut out of it, or, you know, it can be a very, um, it can feel like a closed shop. You feel like you're constantly sort of banging on doors. So we were like, right, we want something that feels like a community and that feels open and uh, loving and healing and supportive and non hierarchical. We want it to be really, really difficult, um, the work to be really, really difficult, Mm. so that you constantly feel like you're testing yourself we want to it to last for a very long time so you're always acting yeah and even if you don't have a job you you're still an actor you're yeah. still being part of it we don't want to spend time trying to raise money because neither of us have any skill at that yeah. or <clears throat> any desire to do that and it's a soul destroying horrible. and also our, our theory was if we have to raise money to be able to do something We'll spend all the time raising money and a small time do doing it. the thing. Yeah. So let's not need money. Yeah. Let's get Tim Carroll on board if he's up for it. And he was. So it was born out of that. And out of that, those sorts of um, that ethos, we were like, right, let's do Hamlet because that's really hard. And I had an affinity with Hamlet from doing it at school. And Tim Carroll had just done this version of Hamlet in Hungary in Hungarian where people swapped parts yeah. and the audience brought random objects with them. I can't remember if it had props or set. I think it did have set. I mean, rather costume. I think it did anyway. But we were like, well, if we can't pay anyone because we're not going to try and raise money, let's let's have nothing. Yeah. Let's have absolutely nothing. So let's not have a set. Let's not ever. Tr- let's not do a run in a building because that costs money. Yeah. Let's not pay people. Let's not have anything at all. So if we're not paying people, we can't possibly get people to stick around and do a run because they're going to need to get jobs. And yeah. go off. So <clears throat> how do we do that? We all swap parts. Okay. Awesome. So we have lots of us in it, and if you have to go away, the show won't stop. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. That's part of the pleasure of it because the other thing we wanted is it to be very live and spontaneous and difficult and changeable. So those sort of things came together as a perfect combination of meeting all of our needs. So really, it was about the the parameters of necessity, forcing us into a creative sort of position. So then that was the kind of artistic like um, playing of the play side of it. And then the other side of it is what the company is, I guess, which was more me and Tim's side, Tim Evans's side than <clears throat> Carol's side, because he was in charge in the rehearsal room, you know, mm-hmm. like we were just actors. Yeah. So then that was like, well, let's change venues all the time because we can't afford you know anything else. And actually, if the aim is for it to be really different every time, let's try and change he venues did. every time. Yeah. We don't have money for advertising. So let's throw a massive party and get people to give us a venue and some drink and stuff for free and get people to put their email addresses into like a ballot box, basically, like they were voting for the yeah. So we would start building an email list. We rehearsed for like a year and loads of, you know, as soon as you, people get wind, actors get wind of, you know, like their friends saying, I'm in this company this really weird and hard and awesome. And they're like, well, I want to be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. we got loads of people involved and also lots of people wanting to know what we were up to. And they would sign up for the email list and stuff and we had Facebook and I think Twitter wasn't around quite yet. Mm. But we wanted it to be kind of punk. We wanted, uh, there was a big part of it at the time which was anger and it was like, fuck you industry. Fuck you. If you won't have me play Hamlet, fuck (laughs) off. I'm going to be my own fucking Hamlet. Um, So there was a sense of we're going to break the rules. We don't, we're not going to try and, we're going to try and take our ignorance of how theatres are run and how companies are run as a, virtue, yeah. and be punk, We Radiohead has always been a huge influence to me, and at the time Banksy and yeah. Stenciling and Graffiti and all of that stuff was a big influence, so we like, we like take it out of the hands of the industry, Yeah. so we did, we would give the information about the show on the Monday for the show on the Sunday, yeah. and we would only release them one at a time, um, first of all we played to three shows because there were three people playing every part. We are oh. like, well, we'll do three shows so everyone gets a go. That was just invited audience of our friends and family because they are like, what have you yeah. been doing? Um, and we were like, if this works and is interesting, then maybe we'll keep <clears> doing it. And if not, then it hasn't been a waste of time yeah. because we've all had a good time. And it was I was, of course, as is always the case at the factory, I got a job <laughs> and wasn't, wasn't at the first shows, um, except the last one. And it was really, really interesting. Yeah. Very raw. Very, very raw. Very wild yeah. and messy and chaotic and spontaneous. And we were like, well, that's cool. So let's next week book a, another venue. Very small places, yeah. you know. Um, 15 people, you know. Um, and we'll charge £10 on the door. Because we didn't have any, like, I don't think we had a website. I got, you know, I got yeah. nothing. And like we sold that out to like 20 people. And we were like, okay, well then let's next Sunday do one for 25 people. Mm. Um, and we sold that out. And then we played every Sunday basically doing that. And a year to the day of the first show we sold out the Globe at a midnight matinee. Amazing. All word of mouth. All word of mouth. And it was the worst show we did ever. <laughs> the one at the Globe was the worst one ever. It was my birthday... So I, sort of a major thing I forgot to mention is that we the audience would play scissors, paper, stone to determine who played who. Oh, really? Yeah. So we didn't. We turned up not <clears> knowing <throat> who we were going to play. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. um, and they would bring random objects with them, and that we would incorporate them into the show in a kind of some called them like a talisman, talisman mm-hmm. like a talismanic way. Anyway, and we had like people brought their kids and their pets, and like you know we famously had a baby, my nephew actually, uh, in the show. And, yeah, yes, so this, uh, show at the Globe, it was my birthday, uh, you know, it was my company, yeah. um, everyone I had ever met was in the audience and I lost the task to play Hamlet. <laughs> 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 it was so <just> difficult. <laughs> um, so who did you play there then? I played the Ghost, I think. Okay. Yeah. But then we would do crazy, crazy shit, like Tim Carroll really pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. It was largely, um, the idea was largely based on the Five Obstructions, a film by Lars von Trier. Right. So, each act we would have an obstruction. And off to begin with, it was just, we'll move the audience. So yeah. the audience in the first act will be in like a traverse. The second act, we'll do it in the bar. The yeah. third act, it will be front on. Fourth act will be in like a garden around the yeah. back. And, you know, the fifth act will be on a ladder or something. But they got more and more and more complicated to like push us and push us and push us out of our comfort zones and the sort of better we got at it. And yeah. sometimes they would destroy shows. And some shows were just terrible. But they were only £10. Yeah. So it's like, that's... That's what. That's, that's the point. <laughs> the point is that we're taking <laughs> yeah. a massive risk. Yeah. And if there's one moment that is profoundly, uniquely, yeah. serendipitously interesting, that's worth ten pounds. Yeah, of course. Um, so, um, so
1: that's just that's
0: carried on. That, that So, that was, template, part, so yeah. that was Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. that is the company is the. I guess the main ethos of the company are about taking the creative onus for yourself right you having you being in charge of your creativity having a responsibility and having responsibility in the moment and like you there is no direction yeah. like we it's sort of like coaching i guess so i'm the director of macbeth there is no blocking of any kind there are no decisions of any kind we create the rules of the game is what we call it okay we try and work towards what is good playing of that game and then you do whatever occurs to you so you are making all of the decisions yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's pre- really interesting how long it takes actors to go, what, really? I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. As long as it's, like it's in the parameters of these things that are good. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And not masturbatory and not yeah. about your ego. It's yeah. very egoless, this sort of stuff. Yeah, so the company's based, yes, on that sort of um, spontaneity that you taking the creative onus of, of, of not spending any money on anything else, really, so that it forces us to be really creative and light and, you know, light of a fleet of foot mm. in terms of the shows. The audience being involved um, and, like, basically building into the game of each show things that will mean that we cannot control what's going to happen. So in Macbeth, the audience play the witches and we're playing more and more with what that means. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to shut a window. It's so right. yeah. Um And how they can influence the action and... Um, and, you know, make us rethink what we're doing in the moment. Of yeah. What I'd like and what a big part, I think, of the company is, and why people love the company, is that we are just us. Yeah. We're not playing characters. We are saying and trying to mean the words of the characters, but there is no characterisation at all.
1: One of the things that people like to see is that uh, you have a group of people who are trying to, to come into a room and accomplish something. Yeah. That just like they're just themselves. Like they come in and go, right, we're yeah. going to try to do it back here. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. You know, we're going to commit to this. We've entered into a contract. You guys are going to sit down and help us out a little bit. You know, yeah. And I think that's something really, when you were describing that the other day, that really just caught me. I just,
0: yeah. I really like, and I think it's really important. I talk about this a lot in the company and in my life. I think about it a lot. Vulnerability mm. is extremely important and Im- is implicit in human nature. I think as actors a lot we try and because it's really scary and hard being an actor and getting up in front of loads of people I think a lot of acting work seems to me comes at it the wrong way mm-hmm. and is about arming yourself against vulnerability. Yeah. It's about creating uh, you know I've done shows in which I think you, I uh, need to be incredibly different from myself like yeah. Biff for example. Yeah you yeah. Know? Um, but I think some people can think of creating character or rehearsing as putting armour on to protect yourself from the unknown and yeah. from vulnerability. And to me, it, the opposite is the idea. Yeah. is to open yourself up constantly, to get out of the way of blocking yourself. Yeah. Or, um, so what I love about The Factory is that... Emotional responses, for example, are genuine. Mm. If people cry, they are actually crying. You know, if they're shouting, they are angry. Yeah. Um, And we're trying to upset and hurt each other. Because that's the play. Yeah. You know. And also, because the audience know that this is totally made up, and they're part of it, you know, as well, Mm. they're being brave too, that the idea of what success or failure is is different. Because seeing an actor die on their ass mm. is interesting and the audience tends to be very open hearted because they see that we're really going for something yeah. you know and we're trying not to be doing it based on being impressive or having yeah. an ego it's about really trying to commune together yeah. in something Yeah. so Scott Brooksbank who's a massive part of the factory said this brilliant thing about trapeze artists apparently that you know you go to the circus or whatever and pretty much the trapeze artists could do every single show without a single mistake. But they don't. They build in a mistake early on mm-hmm. so that you're like, oh my God, they're going to yeah. fall and hurt themselves. Yeah. So then the rest of the act, yeah. when they do these amazing things, you're like, oh my God, how did they do that? <laughs> and we don't yeah. build that in, we don't fake that, yeah. but that is implicit in the shows yeah. in yeah. that stuff doesn't work. Yeah. Um. So when things do work, it's all the more kind of magical and amazing. That's pretty cool. Like... The wilderness. You guys were doing wilderness. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. yeah. So we, well, yeah, yeah, we did Hamlet. Particularly, so Hamlet was our first show. We really built the company around Hamlet, and because it was about people bringing random objects mm. and us incorporating them and stuff, uh, we took that to be about venues and stuff as well. So we played really weird really weird venues like a sewage pumping station as well as theatres and stuff. Yeah. But we played you know, like music festivals, bars, blah blah blah. Mm. But yeah, we played one at wilderness where I think we started at midnight or something. Um and the audience were just off their faces. I mean, we a lot of us were stoned <laughs> and everything as well. <laughs> because we would play the room that we're in was yes, the idea. So yeah, yeah. if you're in a bar, you play that Elsinore is a bar. Yeah. Um so it's it's weird because it's sort of site non-specific because it changes every time but we try and make it site specific in the moment but we don't plan anything you just do that so we're in a festival you know so Rosencrantz I remember Rosencrantz saying whitey like full on whitey which is sort of perfect (laughs) and amazing yeah um but yeah, the audience were on acid and stuff. Um, the idea is that you envelop everything that yeah. happens. You know, everything that happens in the room or around you is happening. Yeah. Whereas a lot, you know, the idea of the fourth wall is that you block out anything that is not appropriate or useful. Yeah. we think again the opposite, which is born out of working at the Globe. Mm-hmm. The ethos of the Globe yeah. is that you let everything in. That's the pleasure of it. So one brilliant, brilliant example of the amazing serendipity that can happen at the Globe and in the factory, yeah. things like that, was when we were doing the play within the play and uh, Lucianus is poisoning, or about to, we were about to get to that bit of poisoning the king, a guy fully dressed as the devil, like like with his red skin and everything, walked in, so he just grabbed him and like he, he sort of evolved in it. Uh, someone said, I had forgotten this, but someone came in and started being really leery so I think I rugby tackled him. Apparently, so like, like it get some. It would get really dangerous at times. I remember like a different show, Jimmy Garnon, and James Garnon, who who yeah. is a huge. He was one of the original Hamlets, and he was incredible at props. His, he was he just made me weep with what he would get, mm. sort of thematically out of these props. Anyway, one show I made him be blindfolded. Uh, in this tiny venue Barron's Court Dish I think yeah. and he smashed a mirror into the audience <laughs> and it was like I'm sitting there as artistic director like an insurance you know yeah, holding the yeah. yeah. insurance going oh my god oh, yeah. gee, oh my god um, and like the audience are just like you know they yeah. they, 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 they sort of think that we're doing it yeah. on purpose yeah, or yeah, something yeah yeah um that's great. We had a habit of breaking everything for a while, <laughs> um, but we've got out of that. Luckily. Very good. Um, That's brilliant. I mean, it's, it just, it sounds like a
1: really holistic, organic way of growing a company. Yeah. Like, getting the people in, and, and now now you're about to play uh, the Islington Theatre Festival?
0: No, it's a Crouch End Festival. Crouch End. Crouch End Festival, not even Theatre Festival, Crouch End Festival. Okay. So, to very quickly get us up to that day so we did Hamlet and then we did an improvised version of The Seagull where we would all learn the sort of beats I guess of the play and just make it up Um, and then we did The Odyssey Uh, no before that we did a new play Boiling Frogs by uh, Stephen Bloomer which I directed uh, and a new writing festival called uh, Round 2 that we then ran at the Electricity Showrooms for about a year which was getting writers to write pieces that anyone in the factory should be able to play any part so they would completely change depending on yeah. who you had like the sort of interpretation of what was happening would be completely different depending on who was playing it uh, yeah the odyssey uh and we always have gone to do like one-off theater, uh shakespeare's in this place in wales um that we don't rehearse we just learn the lines and sort of get together and do it anyway so now we're doing macbeth um mm. and now i'm directing so tim carroll uh, runs the Shaw festival theater now right. um, in canada Tim Evans uh, parted way. We parted ways a number of years ago now. So I'm now directing everything, um, which has been a big change, a big step, and um, I, I love it. So it's exciting to do Macbeth is a new one. We've done about eight so far, and uh, we're about to play seven venues in seven days uh, at the Crouch End Festival from the tenth to the 17th of June. Nice. Seven o'clock. It's seven consecutive nights? Uh, we don't play one of them, but um, but, but it's, 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 uh, it's it's like Sunday to Sunday. Right. Like yeah, so... but uh,
1: and, and is it in tradition with your ethos as a company in different
0: places every night? Yeah, so oh, right. there... I can't remember what the order of them is, but the Crouch End, uh, the town hall there, has these amazing spaces. So we're playing... One is... Uh, I think the first one we're playing... Uh, is this long thin wooden committee room Mm -hmm. uh, with like parquet flooring and wooden you know all around us which is really long and thin and will be really weird and has these great doors so you can do stuff outside and stuff anyway Mm -hmm. so that's we could get I don't know 100 people in there or something and then the next one we're playing there which I can't remember when it is is a council chamber so it looks like a court basically and uh, so that's going to be really really interesting um, and completely unusual sort of space to play in and then the final show we're doing which is the final one at the um, town hall and the final one of our run of this yeah. run anyway is in the assembly hall which is enormous we could get like 900 people in there yeah. I mean if we manage to sell 900 <laughs> tickets I will eat anything anyone want to I will eat the 900 <laughs> um, oh that's a delivery oh, a delivery, a delivery. A delivery. Um, yeah it's this absolutely enormous Uh, enormous space and then so that could fit like 900 people but then like the day before that we're playing someone's house Um, and with an audience of 15 or 20 Um, and then another day we're playing this uh, medieval tower which is smaller than this room it's half the size of this room and we could and I think we could get maybe 15 audience in it and the actors are going to just basically have to stand still like it's so so small and then we play the Earl Haig Hall, which is um, uh, okay. old man's, what's it called, working men's club. Yeah. Uh, and then we play a church, um, you know, like a proper, full-on church. <laughs> yeah. So they're That's totally, 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 totally different, and the cast will change every show. Um, there'll be different witches every show. We think we're going to try and get a choir to come and be part of it uh, for one of them, and um, so they're going. To, I mean. I mean, of course I'm working here, I'm not going to yeah. be there, I'm not going to be there or see any of, of them, which is uh, just course. deeply, bitterly disappointing. Oh
1: my lord, so you're going to have to have spies on the inside.
0: Yeah, right? exactly. But, I mean, what I feel so proud of is that it's extremely rare, I think, to see the same play by the same company yeah. in such massively varied venues. with a very cast. With a cast within a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's cool is that we only ever charge ten pounds plus booking fee, which I feel I have to say, which is like I don't know, a quid or something like that. <laughs> um, ten pounds, um, because we want everyone, everyone to be yeah. able to come. Yeah. Um, we would love to do it for free, but then we just couldn't exist, yeah. and we can't really exist. With a ten pounds yeah. ticket, yeah. but we've, for eleven years it's always been ten pounds. Right. And what is cool about that is that people come again and again and again and That's again and, and again because it's totally different every mm. time and they want to see what's cool is they get to know us through our acting too and they're like alex wasn't very good that <laughs> night i want to see him play this other part or i want you know or we cross gender lines too so yeah at the moment there's there will be three female Macbeths and only one male Macbeth um, until i learn it which i'm gonna do um so all of the parts cross gender lines so people want to come back and see different versions of it all. So we're hoping that, you know, people will come at the beginning of the week and then yeah. come back and... Um, That's aren't.
1: fantastic.
0: I mean, it's, it, I just... I'm fascinated by that as an actor, you know, yeah. and as a director as well. And some people hate it, I yeah. think. I think some actors hate it um, really strongly, I think. Uh, and that, I feel fine about that. Yeah. Um, because uh, certainly some actors see it and go, God, I would not want to do that. I really liked it, but that is yeah. just not what I want to do. Yeah. And some people just hate it because it doesn't... I don't know. Oh, well, some shows are not very really good. I mean, mm. I think that's important to say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and others are. Fair hey, listen, others are. in a couple yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of ours. I mean, as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. but, but some of them, some of our shows, are not very really good. Yes. And some of them are the best thing I have ever seen. You Amazing. know. Um, but the work is not to everyone's taste. Some actors and some directors yeah. are are. It's like an epiphany for them. Mm. They see that sort of work, and that other companies doing. You know. You go, I, I really, really want to be part of that. Yeah. Um, so we've started to open our rehearsal rooms up to audiences. That's so brave. Um, like it's, well, it's you know, really interesting because uh, we, we felt, is it brave? And actually it's been a major part of what we've always done, really. Yeah, but it's incredible that how many... I'm
1: sure that people have thought about doing it before, but no one's had the Balls to do it because that takes balls. That's when I think okay. you think that's when the actors and directors and creatives and anybody's the most vulnerable is in that room that's a hallowed room where people aren't let in. But to, I think to I would love to go to I mean, I love being in a rehearsal room anyway, yeah. yeah. But I think as a resource for anyone who goes to theater or is studying theater or yeah. Or
0: it just isn't interested in art creation. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's an
1: incredible thing to be able to do.
0: Yeah. Well, it came again out of necessity. We mm. were going to try and get Macbeth on, and we had no money. Like, we had about 30 quid or something. Mm. And we were like, well, we need rehearsal space. How do we do that? And I was like, what if we sell tickets? <laughs> because people are really interested in our process yeah, of how of on earth you end up making yeah. a show like that. So we are like, well, if we say it's a suggested donation, but we, uh, pay what you can, but we would suggest £10 because that's what the show's cost. Yeah. And actually we see all of the work as being as valid as everything else, if you know what I mean. And then if we get like three people per thing, then we've paid for the rehearsal. Yeah. You know, and um, and it's been working amazingly well. And uh, what, why it didn't seem like a leap really for us is that The aim of the company, and this is what Tim Carroll said right at the beginning, he felt, and this is all of his work, he works, you know, uh, he feels this way in general, Mm. I think. He's like, why is it that my rehearsals are always better than my shows, he felt. And it's because live stuff is happening, accidental stuff is happening. Um, You know, it's really interesting to me that when an audience will applaud when someone drops a line or giggles or laughs because that's what they that's want that, yeah. they want the real stuff That's it. Um, or drops a prop or something yeah. so he was like well how do I get my rehearsals to be the shows mm. basically so to have that stuff open to people didn't seem that big a leap because we were already putting ourselves in the most vulnerable position in the shows anyway yeah. and what's great because we involve the audience in our work anyway it's brilliant to have an audience yeah. all the time but also, it's been brilliant because we asked them what they think. They c- c- offer their opinions anyway, of their it's, own accord. So like at really brilliantly fortuitous times, we were working on... There's a, like a whole movement thing in Macbeth, which I feel is in some way related to the subconscious or something. I don't really understand it, but for me it is anyway. yeah. And we happened to have a Freudian psychoanalyst <laughs> come. come. But she was like... I was just wondering if this would be of use. So we're like, oh my god, that is like so so brilliant, and useful. Yeah. Um, so we you we learn from them, you know. That's, um, That's so cool, and uh, so it's been brilliant. And we went, we got asked by a school to go in and just rehearse in front of three hundred of them or something. Um, no, not three, I mean, a lot anyway. It wasn't two 300. but. And so was, what's cool is that we're not doing a workshop. Mm. We involve them because that's useful to us and it's interesting but we were just rehearsing and they paid us <laughs> you know, so, um, it's really it's uh, been really cool so how okay how do you first of all like how do people find more, yeah. more
1: about you and, and so the,
0: the website is factorytheatre.co.uk yeah. and on there is all the information about the shows yeah. who we are what we've been doing although I don't we don't like to tell everyone everything because yeah. it's live and it should disappear when it disappears so there should you'll probably go on it and want more information than yeah. you'll get, but and you can sign up for we call it open the doors. It's the open rehearsal type thing. Yeah, you can sign up for that, and you can email us about if you want to be part of the company. We now sort of do. For so long, we didn't know how to get people in the company mm. because auditions seem like the wrong thing to do. Yeah. But we do like audition auditiony things, I guess, because I think in principle there's nothing wrong with auditions. It's just a lot of them suck, as in are disrespectful to yeah. actors. Yeah. So we try and do ones that aren't give everyone a good shot, you know, and give them a good chance of feeling like they've availed themselves as gotcha. well as they can. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you can sign up for that. You can. There's some testimonials about shows that we've done before, and like credits and things like that. Yeah. Um. So that's how, and that's you can sign up because we're still just through Twitter and mailing yeah. lists and stuff, um, you can sign up to find out when Macbeth is next going to be on. But we've also just got c-macbeth.com. Um, is right. that, oh, we did this yesterday. I'm just going <laughs> to double check. No, that know, that is it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it. I'm pretty sure that is it. c-macbeth.com. That's a hyphen, isn't it? It is a yeah. hyphen. Um, so that's where you can find yeah. out where... The shows are on. Let's yeah. Sign okay. Up. So please, everyone, do do and crouch in. Tell First your friends. All, yeah. Tell your friends.
1: Yeah. Crouch in. I, I'm definitely going. I'm gonna. Sure. I'm gonna go and see. I'm gonna check my calendar because I think it's great. I think yeah. this is exactly the kind of thing that people people should see. People, you know, you know. And, yeah. And, or just or, I mean, I, it sounds to me like an ex, it's an experience. And I, when I go
0: to the theater, I I want to see an experience. I want to, yeah. see, Like I said. Well, the we call it an experiment. Okay. You know, it's a theater experiment. Right. Um. Because then failure is also positive, you know. Um, and it's interesting, some people have been got kind of angry at us for doing all this in the, in the beginning, uh, like we were all up ourselves or something, thinking that everything else was wrong. Mm. And it's like, we're not saying anything else is wrong, yeah. it's just there's enough of that, that that other stuff is covered. Yeah. You know, like a traditional version of, of Hamlet or Macbeth or whatever, with blocking and with Costumes and with ideas and with interpretation there's nothing wrong with that yeah. so you see very good ones exactly but that's that's being done already so yeah. I think it's okay for us yeah. to do something else yeah I agree
1: okay last question Um even isn't it, is it irrelevant like what's what's next for you you're off to you, go, you say you're off to work yeah uh, but I you, know, actually, you, know, I you know what, what, say what, say what of it. well if that's the case like what What? for I mean in the in the factories terms as right. well for you guys that you got this run it carries on yeah and then
0: you just kind of add adding new productions or adding well, new that's things a in good question we we are very very loose in our plans you know uh, we try and kind of go with what seems to be the right thing at the time so Macbeth uh, if um, people are, remain interested in it yeah. and come and see it and you know um, sort of vote for it by coming to see it then and we remain interested in it we'll keep doing it um, and Try and grow it to the size of our audience. So yeah. if it seems that there's a lot of interest, we'll play bigger venues. Yeah. Um, so I'd really like, you know, I'm very proud of it, and I think it's really, really interesting, and I think it has legs. So I hope that it keeps playing, you know, yeah. um, and playing in all sorts of different venues and theaters and other sorts of venues all over town, um, or all over, you know, we've played in other countries and stuff too, so yeah. that'd be exciting. Um, and then, yeah, the next thing I guess would be to then. There's always been this long idea of a rep, and we have done shows in rep before. We did Hamlet and the Seagull together, and or the Odyssey and Hamlet together. And I mean, there is an idea I have of having a building, which is um, a rehearsal room yeah. and theatre is the same thing, yeah. and it's all daylight, and uh, you know, there's no. Effects, there's no. So, like, the, the ethos of the building would be that there's no stuff. Yeah. And that you would end up having a rep. Yeah. So, you could have Macbeth and, let's say, you know, Hamlet and The Odyssey and The Seagull and yeah. Round Two and all that. So, you'd have a full, like, complement of sh- weekly shows, but the cast would massively change all the time and people could and come the, off and do work and go yeah, around and do it. the things yeah. that people bring in. I think that
1: we're, the, we as a species, like telling stories and a person can tell a story standing still in the middle of a room no props no nothing yeah. and have as much interaction engagement with the listener I, yeah. I love what you guys are doing I can't wait to see that <laughs> thanks as we talked on we talked on I could I, I know but listen, hours, but listen hours, maybe, hours, maybe we'll hours. do a part two uh, you know when, when things are kind of over and like do a, a little uh I don't know. Dice it up, all went terribly it. Oh, it wrong. <laughs> this What's is the right. What happened?
0: <laughs> what was that part? What was that? Wank! <laughs> that me oh see. my god! When well,
1: you said it was experiment, you were fucking kidding. <laughs> anyway, no, that's good shit, dude. All right, thank you so much, no, man. Alex Hassel, co founder of the theater company The Factory, who can be seen at this year's Crouch In Festival performing Macbeth in different venues every night with a different cast makeup. So brush up your rock, scissors, paper, and have a, have a, have a clay at the out. Al- so brush up on your rock, scissors, and paper, and you can control the outcome on who plays what role when you go and see them. That's the truth rock, scissors, paper. Now, before we wrap up, if you are a theater professional, you need to head on over to CurtainCallOnline.com and sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, make up a cool password, and away you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at curtaincall. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Just get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I've just mentioned or write to me at john at curtaincallonline.com. It just leaves me to say a huge big old thank you to Alex Hassel for bringing me into his house when he was um, getting deliveries. And um, thank you, Alex. It was great. Lovely flat. Uh, back's on Alexander Palace. That's all I'll give away. Um, as I mentioned before, the Factory's production of Macbeth is on at the Crouch End Festival in June. Get your tickets for a tenor. You can't beat that. Go to factorytheater.co.uk to find out more about Macbeth. How you can play a witch, go on, embrace your inner alphabet, or or some other theatrical witch, just channel it. And also how you can attend one of their rehearsals, which is surely something that you don't get a chance to do very often. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theatre Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye.